podcast for curious minds. And here is your host, Gary Cachulio. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing Protection Magic, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Dr. Maggie Barriato. And uh, we have not spoken to each other in like, 35 years yeah (laughs) and you have a business in holistic psychotherapy yes i do can you cure me (laughs) you can cure yourself i think that was possible Uh, i may have been cured already then (laughs) yeah yeah but unfortunately I i have not changed that much in 35 years I don't think I have either. I have the same personality. <laughs> so what got you into the holistic approach? Ooh, so many things. Start um, from let's the beginning. See. Start from the beginning. Yeah, that's the best way, right? Um, let's see. Since high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually... Since we're from the Princeton area, I actually went to Westminster Conservatory of Music for a few years, Mm. and I was going to be a singer. You know, Pat Benatar was my favorite. Of course. And yeah, (laughs) yeah. And she studied opera. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like her. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. I studied opera. Not that opera and arias are my favorite but i was like hey let let me expand my vocal range you know mm-hmm. so that was fun and that was that was really fun that was so cool um but then when i sort of get into the music business a little bit and um i started singing i went to new hope a lot i started singing at um john and peters and across the street was i got, kicked, I got kicked out of there <laughs> the, the last time I played at John and Peter's, I got kicked out. Did you? I did because I, I did a guitar solo with a vibrator. <laughs> I wish I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't take it. <laughs> it probably sounded pretty cool, though. It always sounds cool. I always did it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it was just like, man, I don't think I can make a living doing this. Actually, it's, you know, it's just, you know, I don't really think I can actually, you know, pay the rent with this. 
gig. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was a homeless yeah. musician for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, I'm not really going to be, you know. And it just wasn't um, mentally stimulating enough for me. I just, I needed more, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I've always been like a Jane of all trades. I'm interested in this, I'm interested in that. You know, I just, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let me go to college for a little while. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do, right. but, you know, I went to community college for a little while. And first I was an English major. I mm -hmm. thought Shakespeare was phenomenal. I'm like, these stories, oh my God, Hamlet. And yeah, he was a genius. Know, all these oh yeah he was a genius and um then i was like um i don't think i'm really interested in english literature per se i'm more interested in the characters and the psychology and the dynamics that are going on so then i took psych 101 and then i took abnormal psychology and i'm like that's it i i have been bitten by the psychology bug i can't get enough of this stuff this is so interesting to me. So then uh, I transferred to uh, the College of New Jersey and I started studying more about psychology and um, psychology of different types of personality. And how do people, how does this start? Like what happens to people, you know, to childhood dynamics or is it organic? Like is do, do people, you know, is it hereditary that people end up like with schizophrenia and things like that? That's what really got me involved in psychology. Wow. If you wanted to see abnormal psychology, all you had to do was know me in high school. I didn't know you in high school. <laughs> you and Bobby Morris. And, you, know, <laughs> you couldn't well, get more abnormal. <laughs> all my friends. <laughs> I still talk to Beth Ann, Beth Ann Suter. Cool. I still talk to yeah. Bob. Do you still? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah we, I saw him. Well, unfortunately, I saw him at Jake Ostrowski's funeral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know. There's too many, too many that we've lost already. Oh, actually, I went it's to his... Horrible. Actually, I saw him at his dad's funeral, too, because I went to his dad's funeral. Mm. Mm. But you're not, you're not in New Jersey anymore. I'm coming back right? next week. To live? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I have bought a house in Waretown. Oh, wow. 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 Where, wait, where's Waretown? I lived there for 47 years. I don't know where Waretown is. Sort of by Tom's River. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. I'm in Newark, Delaware. Cool. I've been here for four years. Yeah. I'm in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I can give you some advice. You might uh -huh. want to avoid Alabama. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what was funny when I first got here four years ago? I kept saying Newark, you know, like Newark, New yeah, Jersey. Yeah. And everybody corrected me. They're like, it's Newark. <laughs> like there's a difference. Like, like, I don't really hear a difference. Hey, what's the difference? It's Newark. <laughs> I'm like, it's Newark. The only difference is you guys don't have a dump here like we have in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love Newark. <laughs> yeah, the airport. That's a good yeah. place. It's a good place to get crack. <laughs> like whenever, I wouldn't. Whenever I need my crack hookup. 
They're in Trenton. I'm heading up the turnpike. <laughs> no, I, See, I, I, we're not different. No, I, 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 I did give up the crack. That's good. It's bad for your teeth, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, other but otherwise, I came out okay. <laughs> and also, no also, I, I did 15 years at Mercer County College. You sound like jail. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years, five majors, and no degree. Really? Because yep. you couldn't figure out what you wanted to do. No, I still can't. Podcasting, you know, it- podcasting is what I do. There you go. It, you uh, out uh, my, my problem was my career had not been invented yet. See? There you go. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I changed majors. Um, then I figured out psychology is so, like, you can't get a job with a bachelor's degree in psychology. What no. are you going to do? Nothing. <laughs> no, well, you might be able to get a job at, like, Catholic Charities or something, right? You can be like a caseworker and you can make uh, twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year. And everybody's gonna boss you around, you're gonna be doing paperwork forever. Right. You, could probably so make, then, you could probably make more money in retail. Exactly. And have more fun and talk to different you know, it's just so then I was like, Okay, if I wanna do what I wanna do, you know, which is help people, you know, through their psychological issues and life difficulties. You know, I'm, I'm a healing person. I'm a healer. That's what I want to do. That's I know myself now and blah, 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 blah. At that point, I was like, I'm going to have to get a master's degree. Like, that's what I got to do. Okay, fine. More school. All right. So I ended up going to Ryder University in Lawrenceville. I've heard of it. Yeah. So um, I went through their program. Um and then I had to do an internship and their internship was like, okay, um, you need to get these credits and get your internship, but you got to go find the site, you know, and a supervisor and a place to work. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of shitty, but all right. So it didn't work out good for me at all. <laughs> I had supervisors there and I didn't know how to be a therapist yet. I didn't know what I was doing. I just mm-hmm. had the classwork. Right. I had this supervisor. She was like seven years younger than me. I was about 32 at the time. And she was like seven years younger than me. And she just like, you know, she didn't like me. I'm like, whatever, man, you know, just whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's just do our jobs. So she gives me these patients with severe personality disorders, like borderline personality disorder and, and narcissistic personality disorder. I was like... I don't think, you know, I don't think this is a good idea. She's like, I just, you know what? You need to be able to get experience. I'm like, how about somebody with like mild depression? She's like, oh, just do it. I'm like, lady. Okay. Okay. So the lady with borderline personality disorder, our first session, she says to me, so when I leave here, I'm going to, I'm going to go and uh, drive my car into a tree. I said, please stay right here. I'll be right back. I did exactly what I was supposed to do as an intern. So I go get my supervisor. I'm like, this lady is going to drive herself into a tree. I have to call an ambulance. She's got to go inpatient. She's suicidal, blah, blah, blah. My supervisor's like, oh, no, you don't have to do that. 
she says that all the time. I'm like, I don't care what she says to you. This is what she's saying to me. She's my patient and I'm doing the right thing. If you do that, I'm going to call your supervisor at Ed Ryder. I'm like, I don't care what you people do, man. I'm doing what I need to do. You know. So she kicked me out of the uh, site because I didn't listen to her. And then my, my supervisor at Ryder kicked me out of the program. I'm like, you know what? I saved this lady's life. So you all can go. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Yep. So any therapist out there, it doesn't matter what anybody says. You use your instincts, you use your gut, and you you save somebody's life. You don't listen to anybody else. It doesn't matter if they kick you out of the program. doesn't matter what. Especially some 25-year-old punk-ass kid who thinks they're your, your boss. Right? No, because it's your, you know, it's your liability. I mean, that person's in your care. You have somebody's mental health in your hands. You don't, you don't listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. So then, um, you know, I have like a semester of internship left before I can get my master's. Now I'm like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> so I, I looked into um, Walden University. They're, uh, they, have, they had a hybrid program, part online part residential and I, you know, called them up. I'm like, listen, this is my situation, you know, blah, blah, blah. I need to finish my master's degree. And they're like, okay, we'll take you on. I'm like, excellent. Ended up being better because it was a research psychology degree. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing a fantastic master's thesis on adult females who've experienced childhood sexual abuse and the best type of group therapy for them. Fantastic, I was so happy. And then I ended up going back there and continuing and getting my PhD in counseling. So sometimes, you know, sometimes in life you're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. But then it turns out to be wonderful. That is great. You know? Yeah. And then while I was going through that PhD program, I was thinking all these different things like, you know what? I'm going to open up my own business because I don't like how the whole insurance managed care thing is, you know, it's just not right. And I want to create my own type of therapy, which is the holistic psychotherapy, mind, body, spirit. Cause I know from my own personal experience that you can't just treat one part of a person, you know, right? just like in, in the medical field. Uh, so if somebody has a, Okay, so I'll talk about myself. I have fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. which I, I got diagnosed like 17 years ago. And when I started to figure this out and, and find out, you know, what's wrong with me, how do I treat this, blah, 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 I started to realize this is a mind-body connection thing. This is not when – get, when I get upset or stressed out, my fibromyalgia flares big time, you know, widespread pain throughout the body. So I'm like, this is – this is a mind body thing. This is, you know, like, and everything is, you know, people that have heart attacks, right. That have heart disease. Mm -hmm. They have type a personalities. These people are like stressed out all the time. Those are your road rage people, right? Mind body connection. Your emotions affect your body. That's like, so that's what my holistic psychotherapy is. It's completely mind, body, spirit centered. And it works. That is awesome. Because, <laughs> yeah. because you know, I, I just did an interview 
earlier this morning and we were talking about how compartmentalized our approach to health is like you know we'll focus on psychology like it's just in the brain or we'll focus on the body like it's just the body nope. or, or, or you do this over here if it's a spiritual issue mm -hmm. but but really there's as far as like the body and the mind go they're really all one organ you that's know? right it, it's mm -hmm. all a neural network of, of electrical and chemical impulses. That's and, right. Uh, and I guess somewhere in there, the uh, spirit is lurking around, you know? Yeah, because if you think about it, like, so I was raised Catholic, right? So, you know, all of my, my whole belief system as a kid, and that this benefited me later when I was having issues and got divorced and all that crap, I went right to church and I sat there in front of Jesus and prayed because that's where my belief systems come from. Mm -hmm. Right. So I need help and I'm feeling, you know, upset about this, that, and the other, my marriage is breaking up. I go right to Jesus for help. So, cause that's where my belief systems come from. So it's spirit and your belief systems. And I don't care if it's like Buddha or whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you have some kind of higher power, that's going to form your belief system. So that's your thought process. Your thought process contributes to your emotions. Your emotions affect your body. That's that circle, you know? That's that holistic circle. Right. So so why do you think it is, first of all, that, that for like the last hundred years, these things have all been treated separately? That's a really good question. <laughs> I, I mean, I think everybody knows that they're connected. Anybody, in fact, anybody who's been through a divorce or a breakup knows the connection because when you go through that, you feel this horrible feeling in your chest. Yeah, that's just anxiety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a feeling, and I have a feeling it comes down to money. Money? You know? Yeah. Like the American Medical Association, they got the pharmaceutical thing over here. They're making money from the drug company. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like that kind of, that kind of, they want to keep all that stuff segregated, you know? And then I, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody's church or whatever, but you have your different, you know, Protestant and Methodist and your Catholic. They want to keep that separate over here. They got money from their our archdiocese and blah, blah, blah. So they keep that over here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's kind of like that. Because I, I got to say, I'm not crazy about Walden University. Because they, I, I tried to write my dissertation on holistic, um, I'm sorry, um, positive spirituality and logotherapy. They wouldn't let me do it. Why not? Because it was because it was too much going against modern evidence-based psychotherapy. They what, kept, they kept pushing it away. <laughs> like, like, like evidence-based, evidence-based practices, like, like cognitive behavioral therapy. It's good for everything or blah, 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 which I don't use because I don't believe in it. It didn't work for me. See, <laughs> it doesn't work because cognitive behavioral therapy is like, Oh, you keep thinking about uh, your dog that died? Well, just don't think about it anymore, and you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. What? 
<laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no. So um, I actually graduated from interfaith. I can't remember. Esoteric Interfaith Theological Seminary. My degree is from a theological seminary because I switched at the very end of my dissertation. Uh-huh. I, was, I was like, Walden, you know what? I'm going to write my dissertation on what I want to write it on. Cool. Because I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know, the rebel. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah. Well, well, it, <laughs> I'm <it's> Sicilian. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's important to put all these things together. I mean, I, I yeah. think um, you know, my my first major too was psychology, and I took psychology mm-hmm. 101 at Mercer. And first of all, the professor was a complete dick, you know. And um, what year was that? We might have had the same guy. Uh, <laughs> It had to have been 92? 94. 94. Okay. 92. He, he, he was bald, short. He used the same words all the time, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why I, I, I didn't. The, the psychology bug didn't hit me until the abnormal psychology class. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, this yeah. guy was still talking about rats and cheese. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, like the Pavlov. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just complete nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I couldn't do it. Couldn't go there anymore, you know, because yeah. it just doesn't make I'll sense. I'll tell you what you want to know. Whatever you want to know, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so holistically, how mm-hmm. do you tr- how does a holistic approach differ from a, a typical psychoanalytical approach. Okay. So psychoanalytic is Freudian. Mostly Freudian. Mm-hmm. So that means like everybody um, just wants to have sex with their mom. <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> That's um, what he said. <laughs> yeah, part of it. Psychoanalysts... Um, that's that's a it's it's kind of it's kind of an offshoot of Freudian and Jung and things like that, and they mostly will look at your childhood majorly. They're not really a mindful like what's going on right now. They don't mm-hmm. care about what you know what happened. Yeah. So psychoanalysts and Freudian psychology type, they're going to look at what happened in your childhood to sort of cause the thoughts and behaviors and emotions of right now, which is not bad. I mean, I look at that. I I look at that too, because you can't really, you can't really, to me, it doesn't make sense not to look at what's what happened in your childhood and what, what makes you get anxious when you see a coffee cup. Why? Because it, it triggers a memory of something traumatic, like, your mother died when she had a coffee cup in her hand. I don't know. I'm just made that up. You know. <laughs> Actually, my you mom used to beat me with a coffee mug. Seriously? No, I'm just picking that up. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you know. I, so why wouldn't you dive into that as a therapist? I'm going to explore that with you, 
And yeah, we're going to talk about it because it's something that triggers you. And why does it trigger you? And how can we stop that from triggering you? Mm -hmm. But basically, um, I work with trauma with women, adult women that have had trauma in their childhood. And I explain to them why you don't have to suffer in your PTSD anymore, post-traumatic stress disorder. And there's a reason why, because neurologically, when a kid has a traumatic experience in childhood, they go into that fight, flight, or freeze mode. So they're always like, you know. Yeah. But the mind, the mind does that on purpose. And the, the, the uh, neurons and, you know, everything in the brain, the neuron, the neuro neurological pathways get wired to be the body and everything. You're in a traumatic state all the time because it's self-protecting now. You know, it's like a, the reptilian brain. It's like an animal in the forest. You know, I'm always like. But the mind does that to protect the kid. The kid, you know, the mind is protecting the body. But then the problem is that as the child grows up into adult, you're still like that. Right. Because the brain's still wired that way. Mm -hmm. But the brain has neuroplasticity. So that means that we can rewire the neural pathways mm -hmm. to not be in a traumatic state anymore. So the way we do that is meditation, mindfulness mantras. And I, I teach my patients and I teach them how to do that. Deep breathing to be in a calm, relaxed state. And, you know, I am safe and that kind of thing. So that you're telling the brain now you're safe. You don't need to be in the PTSD anxiety state anymore. So, so that's part that, that that's makes, part of the... That mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me because I must have went to therapy, <clears throat> all different types of therapy for like, God, 10 years. Mm. And then, and none of it really helped. And then I met a, a Buddhist monk and I started meditating. Mm -hmm. And within yeah. the shortest amount of time, everything changed. Yeah. I just realized like, okay, my thoughts are just thoughts. Yeah. And that's sort of like the they end of it. Go. <laughs> yeah. Do you still meditate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, like twice a day. Yeah, for me, it was it was like a huge game changer, though. Like it changed my life completely. Yes, 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 yes. It gives your your mind so much clarity. It relaxes your nervous system. You know, you know, it gives you more you know direction in your life, and you start to realize that, you know, when you're it was like in a relationship, for example. If somebody says mean things to you or whatever, you're like, eh, it's not about me. It's about them. Whatever. It's just like you don't even care mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever thought that just sitting around doing nothing would be so beneficial? Right. But it is because you 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 stop the mind from racing. You stop being anxious all the time. When you're anxious all the time and your mind's racing, you're not in stillness, and you're not productive, and you don't have clarity of thought. And then the decisions that you make in your life, they're not being made with clarity of thought. Your decisions are like, mm -hmm. they're made from an anxious mindset, right? Or a depressed mindset, whatever state you're in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. 
Interesting. You know, you know, you mm -hmm. talked about like the elasticity and rewiring the neural networks of the mind. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, like when I was in high school, like I was terrible at learning shit. You know, I was like in all the, I don't know, back then we called them retard classes, you know, like freaking Arnold and Rebert and all that crap. So we die. So we die. Right? And I, it's not because we're not smart. It's because we just felt like goofing off. That's all. Yeah, uh, well, I think part of it, like, like something was wrong in my brain. But as soon as I graduated high school, like that summer, I went like on this three-month binge on angel dust. And, and, and for, so for three months, I tripped on angel dust. And then afterwards, I was perfectly normal. Completely rewired mm -hmm. my brain. You know, Freud said that about cocaine. I don't know about cocaine. Cocaine just ugh, gives you a headache. I don't like but that's what, he, that's what he did. Hmm. He, he did, Freud did a lot of cocaine. And that, you know, did something and, you know, opened his mind up or whatever. So there is something know. to it. There is something to it, but not for long periods of time. Not for long periods of time, because then you're just killing brain cells and you're just like a ding bad after that. <laughs> well, I think what it did is I killed so many brain cells that they had to reproduce even harder <laughs> to make yeah, new ones to replace them. So, so, so once I finally stopped, they were still repro reproducing at this crazy rate. And I think I increased my brain cells. But also, maybe you increase your brain cells, but you increase them maybe in the way you wanted them increased, you know? Mm -hmm. Like you created the, the pathway that you wanted. You know what I'm saying? So you could learn in the way you wanted to learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the things, though, that like drug companies and psychotherapy and stuff, they don't want people to know because if you can cure people, then you can't make money off of them. Where That's what it, I was as saying. long as you're keeping yeah. them sick, you can keep collecting in. Right. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. That's why you don't want people to go through that holistic approach of mind, body, and spirit because you're bingo. It, it might not be as profitable. Bingo. Of course. Just like with, um, you know, like, you know, herbal medicine and, you know, uh, taking melatonin to sleep instead of, you know, uh, Lunesta or some other kind of sleep pill, sleeping pill or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and melatonin has like no side effects and, you know, put your put your uh, mind back in the circadian rhythm so you could sleep better. They want you to take Lunesta, which will make you like sleepwalk and be a zombie and have like a hangover the next day. <laughs> hmm. Right. Yeah. It's the same concept. I just mm -hmm. drink tea yeah. to sleep. Chamomile? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. It works. Yeah, whatever works for you. So yeah. so since you've started this holistic approach, how mm -hmm. has it been received? Really good. It's like, you know, the law of attraction. You've heard of the law of attraction? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it seems that um, the people that come to my website or see my advertisement on Psychology Today... They're the people that want this kind of treatment. They want holistic psychology. That's what they want. Holistic psychotherapy. So we're like a perfect fit. You know, you got to fit well with your therapist. You know, sometimes yeah. it's like, I always tell people when you're looking for a therapist, it's like trying out a new pair of shoes or new, for a guy, a new pair of sneakers. You know, if it fits you right or if it doesn't, you know, it's like, a yeah, this doesn't work. Okay. You know, 
you'll know. Mm-hmm. So the people that are drawn to me, to my energy, you know, it, it's a, it's a good fit, you know, but I also use, uh-huh. I also use some, what I was telling you before, evidence-based practice. So that like APA, ACA, American Psychological Association, American Counseling Association, what I was trained for, uh, like person-centered approaches. So Rogerian, Carl Rogers, back in the 60s, he did a lot of research on what's called person-centered approach is being very reflective and letting the client take the lead in the therapy session, giving them support, being non-judgmental, being congruent, meeting that client where they are, you know, and supporting them and just kind of being a little bit of a guide. But basically, they're, they're doing the work, you know, and, and it's the stance, the therapist takes the stance of, you know how to heal yourself. You know, I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you the answers. I can't because I'm not you. I'm not living your life. And then the, um, <clears throat> the other approach that I bring into it is um, uh, motivational interviewing. That's more for um, like somebody with an eating disorder or um, addictions, that's sort of what stage are they in the stage of change? Do you want to change? Um, what's, are you in the contemplative stage of change? You know, that sort of thing. Hmm. Or you're, you don't want to change, but that's your power. You know, you, you, if you want to stop drinking, that's up to you. You know, hmm. I'm not here to tell you what to do. You know, I had a, a patients that have eating disorders and, you know, bulimia, you know, the, when they, you know, binge and purge, do you want to stop binging and purging or not? I mean, that's your power. It's up to you, you know? Well, I so imagine, I, again, I'm just supportive. I imagine by the time they come to you, there must be some desire to change if they're already seeking out help. Yeah, because their life is in a tailspin at that point. Everything's crashing down, you know? So... Do, do you ever find people like they're going down and then they get their stuff under control for a while and then they're okay and then the whole thing just starts over again? Yeah, and they're like, okay, Dr. Maggie, I'm good. I'm like, okay, you know, do you want to make an appointment next week? No, I'm good. Okay, you know, give me a, give me a text or a call if you want to make an appointment. Two weeks later, oh, my God, I can't make a video. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. No worries. You know, but I don't, yeah, I'm not passing judgment. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Hmm. It's okay. So, how about some of the more untraditional things that you use, such as energy healing in yoga? Mm hmm. And Reiki. And Reiki, yeah. I'm a Reiki master. Yeah. Reiki is a good one. Um, that's, that's, I do Reiki on myself, like almost every day. And the, that, uh, you know what chakras are? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the chakra claim, that's twice a day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because the clearing out of those energy centers, I mean, it just works wonders. Um, and, you know, Reiki, if, you know, if the patient feels that that's necessary or, you know, they want to clear out their energy centers and that's something that they're interested in, you know, I used to do a lot more Reiki when I was in Jersey. Here, it's not so much in Delaware. <laughs> further, <laughs> further south you go. 
<laughs> All right. Like like where I live here. A lot of farmland here. Down here it would be considered satanic. Mm-hmm. Really? Yoga's considered satanic in Alabama. Get out of here. I had no idea. I had no idea that, that that people would think that yoga was something associated with the devil. Get I just I have a hard time believing that. No, it's true. I had a hard time believing they, it too. They have no like yoga centers or anything. They have them, but uh, he don't want anybody seeing you go in there. Oh. You gotta go in the back door. Oh my goodness. Wow. How did you end up can I ask how did you end up in Alabama? Um, this seems like you're not you're not a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, in some ways I am, in some ways I'm not. Uh, but the way I ended up here was um, I was in New Jersey, and I, and I was married, and mm-hmm. both my parents passed away, oh, and sorry. my wife's family mm-hmm. was was here in Alabama, so we moved here to be oh. close to her family. Oh right. So, so that's okay. how we ended up here, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, now she. Uh, has taken off on me, so I'm going back to Jersey. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. It's all right. It happens. So anyway, this is the second time. Second time she took off on you? Oh, no, second wife. Oh, God. You can never have too many. Too many wives? <laughs> <laughs> I just might go for the world record. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do that somewhere out there, don't they? They have like, um, what do they call that? The guy has like five or six wives. Oh, those Mormons. Like oh, no, not at one time. Mormons. No, no. I, I can't handle one at one time. <laughs> oh, or maybe I'm just not the best husband. I don't know. <laughs> That's something to explore in therapy. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's, I'm on divorce number two. Only two? Only two, yeah. You're going to go for yeah. three? Did I go for another one? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why bother? <laughs> Do you have any kids? No, I was always afraid. Hmm. I was always afraid that if I had a kid, it would be like me. <laughs> that, scared, that, that scared the crap out of me, though. Like the idea <laughs> of, of another child in this world like me, or even worse, like what if I brought a child in this world and it turned out to be like the Antichrist? Oh, God. I, I mean, I mean no. if, if anybody could pull that off, it would be me. No, stop mm-hmm. it. You know, no, 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 no. You're the, like the nicest, nicest, kindest, kindest guy there is out there. Oh, I don't know about that. I wasn't like that when I was a kid, though. I was a bad kid. Yeah, but it was, I, I, I mean, saw through that. All, all the shit that I used to light on fire? Yeah, but I saw through that. <laughs> you know what that is? The pyromania is just anger. You had anger and you're just trying to get it out. That's all. That's all it was. Possibly. <laughs> that's all well i was i was married for uh 20 years a short one yeah it was long 
Um, and I have an 11 year old daughter. Uh-huh. So my first husband was from Haiti. He's Haitian. Which was pra- interesting. Do you practice voodoo? No. What? Some people in his family did. Awesome. Yeah. It was, it was really weird. Like, like not his immediate family, not his, not his, um, his mom and his sisters and his dad. They were, his dad actually went to seminary school. He was going to be a priest. So they're very, very Christian Catholic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so weird. Like we got a wedding gift from his, one of his aunts and his sister goes, that blanket smells funny. I think there's voodoo on it. Throw it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> God, you got me kidding. It was so funny. He's so funny. But um, I have a beautiful 11-year-old biracial daughter, Natalie. Awesome. Yeah, she's she's the best. She's playing piano now. That's good. Music. Yeah. 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 I, st- I still play music. See, back there. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't play opera. Of course, I had to play punk. Punk rock, yeah. Yeah. And then um, the only, you know what really broke us up in our marriage is that he used to send all his all our money to Haiti. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. You want to help people. I want to help them too. But it was just endless. It was endless money, endless money, endless. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to be able to pay the mortgage. <laughs> and it was just. Like, you got to stop, man. Like, you got to stop. Right. He wouldn't stop. No. And even his mother was like, stop. Stop it. <laughs> it's too much. Like, mm-hmm. it's too much. You know, and I would try and negotiate with him. Like, okay, let's just set aside this much, you know, to send to your family in Haiti. And these were not immediate family. It was like distant cousins and stuff. I'm like, what are you trying to be a big shot? Cut it out. <laughs> hmm. So that was. Well, I, I have family in Italy that's sending me money here. Oh well, that's nice. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish I had family in Italy sending me money. <laughs> Some distant cousin in America great. that they don't know about. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, what are you gonna do? And then the know. second one was was three weeks long. Three weeks. Right after we. Yep, right after we got married, switching personality. I'm like, I'm out. That's how I ended up in Delaware. Wow. That's mm-hmm. quick. That might be a record. Actually, no. I, I know somebody who I think was married like a few people actually are married like under a week. Yep, I saw that personality shift right away because he thought, okay, she's mine now. I'm like, no, I don't think so. You don't know Maggie. You don't know Maggie. <laughs> Yes, you don't know Mag. Maggie's Sicilian. <laughs> yeah, he'd kick his ass. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. I'm still afraid of you. <laughs> I was questioning: Should I really do this interview? <laughs> <laughs> it's only if somebody gets on my bad side. <laughs> So when you took up the Reiki, like mm-hmm. one of the things about Reiki, like I, I'm like Reiki level one certified or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, like one of the things I question though 
about Reiki is the like you know a lot of people say oh you need the attunement you need the attunement you know mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. the class. However, I kind of feel that all humans have the ability to heal each other through touch. I think it's just a matter of intent. And you you set that intention, then automatically that exchange of energy is going to happen. You know, it's almost no different than giving somebody a hug and trying to make them feel better. I understand that. Um, I understand that. But the Reiki symbolism is very powerful. Um, and I think there's something to it, honestly. Um, I think it increases the energy that mm-hmm. comes through. It makes the intention stronger. I'm a master, Ricky master teacher. I can, I, I can do that for you. Okay. So, so, so you do, do you believe the story about Ushi? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Because... Um, the reason why I didn't even know what Reiki was until I went to um, a Reiki master. Um, her name is Maggie Kalawa. That's who I went to. You went to her? Yeah, like in South Jersey. She's like has an apartment like on the third floor. Yes. Oh yeah. My God. That's who I went to. Oh my God, she's fantastic. She's yeah. a big Facebook friend. I see. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That she she's the one who uh, made me a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I went to. Yeah, she's amazing. But I went to her uh, for my fibromyalgia, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what to do with this, man. It's horrible. And um, so she she started, you know, doing the healing, and I was like, this is working. Nothing else has worked. I tried acupuncture. I tried, you know, medications. I, you know, mm-hmm muscle relax or whatever you know there's no cure for this it's just going to chronically get worse over time so then um you know i had conversations with her and she was like let me see your hands i'm like okay she's like you have healing hands as you're you told a me. but i never yeah. but i never use it maybe i should but down here down here i'd be crucified yeah so wait till you get to jersey <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and it's i'll tell you i had my dog um my dog shira passed away three years ago Mm. and um she was just old she was like 15 well maybe 14 she was a norwegian elk out and she was getting like arthritis and stuff like that i could tell when she wasn't feel good i was giving her reiki and i could tell she was feeling better oh yeah i could tell she was feeling better you know I was giving her Reiki. I was focusing on her um, her root chakra because she had the hips in the back weren't good. And, you know, I, I know I was helping her out. I know she was feeling better because, you know, she'd be laying down and then she would just get up quicker. I was like, ooh, okay, yeah. Mm. I'm losing one of my dogs tonight, actually. I'm kind of sad about that. Oh, no. Yeah, because we're splitting up. My wife's taking one dog. Mm-hmm. Gonna miss the little guy, even though he's mean as hell. Like he always bites me, but for some reason I still like him. Well, because that's who you are. <laughs> I guess you know. I think You're kind. I think it's just. I think it's funny. You know, he was trying to bite everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, you find out who you are 
as a person as you go through this stuff in life, you know. I'm a podcaster. The That's greatest right. podcaster of all time. You are. I listened to um, your Dr. Weinstein. Weinstein? Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy from Canada. Yeah, I listened to him yesterday. Yeah, that's a good one. The best ones are the ones that probably the one, some of the really good ones are the ones I've done with Jared Murphy. Oh, let me write him the down. Jar Jared Murphy. I've got like maybe 10 or 15 of them with him. He's my co host. He's oh, my, he's, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's like ridiculously smart. Okay. So yeah. what's his deal? Who is he? What's he do? He's the one who wrote the book, It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And oh. uh, he is mostly, he's like an, uh, an, an archaeologist. Oh. Um, so he's always, you know, looking around for, for signs of ancient civilizations and the human origins that don't fight the things that don't quite fit, the anomalous things that mm. our history books seem to ignore. Mm. Or things that the Smithsonian is trying to cover up. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what do you... I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. No, you. <laughs> no, you. Um, that just reminded me of... Um, so I read the Bible about four or five times. And um, I always was curious. I'm like, what happened to Jesus between his birth and year 30? Oh, like, wh where was he? You know? Mm -hmm. Right? I know where he was. Where? He was in India. There's, oh, okay. there's proof. There's actual literal well, proof that he was in India studying with Buddhist monks. And then he came right. then he came back to the Jews and said, How can I teach this shit to the Jews? Right. So yeah. he, 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 he he did his best that he could to, to take mm -hmm. Buddhism and put it into a theistic type of setting and right. teach it back to them. And then it became Christianity. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. what happened. I found, I found this book. It, it's called the Apocryphal, I think. Mm -hmm. And it, it has all these little stories. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just dove into that, man. I was so excited. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah, it was amazing. It, apparently there's like even um, some texts, some Indian texts that, that talk about Jesus being there and studying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I, I consider myself a, a light worker, a healer, you know, and and I want to be like somebody like like Jesus. Not mm -hmm. I'm not Jesus. OK, I'm not. Eh. But I used whatever I've learned over my 51 years of life, plus my education and plus my life experiences, and I'm using it for good to heal other people, to help other people in the best way I know how. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Jesus did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not affiliated with any religion. You know, uh, some days I feel like I'm Buddhist, you know, some days I feel like I'm Christian. Right. Some days I feel like I'm this, I'm that, but I talk to God every day because I need guidance. I need guidance before I did this podcast. I, God, please help me tell whoever listens to this podcast what they need to hear. You know, use me as a channel, a messenger, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, you can skip that process and just come to be me because I think I'm the guy who gives God advice. 
he comes to me when he needs help. <laughs> He's like, let, let me go talk to that guy who's getting divorced for the second time. <laughs> for advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, as somebody who's already been divorced twice, so I've been, <laughs> let's see, 2017, 2017 was my second divorce, so, so I've been single for years. Wow. Do you date? Yeah, you know, here and there. I'm not really interested. <laughs> no. It's easier just, just working on the business, you know, working on my career. I got my, you know, I, I get so much enjoyment from my family, my mom, my stepfather, my sister, my niece, my daughter, my cat mm -hmm. doing things like this. Um, my, you know, um, I just, I get these ideas in my head. I'm creating a webinar now. Oh, that's cool. Um, Yes, I want to have a. Um, I want to talk about, you know, I get these ideas in my head. Like I have a patient that's having trouble with boundaries, and then you know we'll discuss boundaries, and then I start taking notes, and I'm like, do a webinar about boundaries, you know, and then I'll start mm -hmm. putting it together, and, and you know, because I get these ideas of what people need to hear about this, this, and this, and and I know about it, so I got to put it out there. I've done a couple, I got a YouTube channel. I've done a couple videos. I don't really know what I'm doing. I have no audio visual ability whatsoever. <laughs> I can help you with that. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got no skills in this, man. I just learned how to use Zoom like last year when COVID hit because um, I work for Healing Pathways. They're, um, you know, a, um, they're all throughout Delaware. You know, they have, you know, different counseling offices and stuff so we had an office in dover delaware and we had to close it down you know because of the covid so then uh my supervisor sonia is like so now we have to do teletherapy i'm like what hmm. <laughs> i gotta do what is zoom i didn't even know what it was like <laughs> what is a zoom she's like well you know you get a link and then you go on and then you get to do i'm like i'm gonna be doing therapy like in a video thing she's like yeah i'm like <laughs> are you kidding so i first started zoom and i'm like oh my god you can see every wrinkle on my face <laughs> this is not good so then i'm like oh, i had to teach myself like i got a light behind here mm -hmm. you know i got two lights here then i had to do something with my background and you know the wall of achievements over here <laughs> <laughs> so this is you know i'm still learning about all this stuff you know and then you know my 11 year old had airpods in her ears all the time i'm like what is that natalie she's like airpods mommy i'm like how do you use them? You know? <laughs> I was using these these things. You plug in the side of your laptop, you know? Oh, Lord. These things. Yeah, right? AirPods. <laughs> yeah. So then I got put the AirPods in, and then I'm like, now what do I do? And she's like, oh, you got to hook them up. You got to hook You got to hook them up. I got to like, change my voice. You got to hook them up to your MacBook Air, mommy. I'm like, can <laughs> you do this for me, my 11-year-old sweetheart, please? Because I don't know what I'm doing. 
Yeah, so I, you know, I'm just learning on the go. Yeah. So even if I, you know, and then I'm like, okay, put a webinar together. What is that? You know, slides and stuff. What am I doing here? I don't know. But I know I got to put something together with like infographics and stuff mm -hmm. and talk a little bit and just, you know, show people why boundaries are important, emotional boundaries, you know, don't let people step on you and, you know, oh, why, why, your why are boundaries important? Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so, for example, um, let's do a husband-wife relationship, right? Mm -hmm. um, let's say um, you as the husband have been having spaghetti and meatballs for dinner for the last five days. That's what your wife is cooking you. Okay, for that's, example. Pretty, that's pretty good. She's cooking well, that's grateful of you. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, you say, uh, you know, how about we, you know, go out to dinner tonight or something, you know? And then she starts screaming at you mm -hmm. and saying, you ungrateful MF-er. Uh, then you say to her, now this is where you put up your boundary. Do not scream at me. Do not call me names. And I'm allowed to not eat this food if I don't want to. That's where you put up your boundary. Wow. So I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> usually what I would do is just smack her booty and run away. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I, I guess that's not the right thing to do. No. So hmm. you put your boundaries up and you don't worry about what her response is. You don't worry if she gets mad or upset because you're protecting yourself mm -hmm. and you're, you have rights and you're allowed to not eat this food again because it's been five days and you're allowed to not to not accept when someone's raising their voice and cursing at you. Mm -hmm. And if she don't like it too bad, and if she continues to do it, you leave the situation. You leave the room. You leave mm -hmm. the house. That's putting your boundaries up. Protecting yourself. Mm. Without concern or worry about the other person's feelings at that point, because you've had enough and they're getting abusive. Mm. So maybe I am, maybe I am insensitive. Okay. Is that what you've been called? Yeah. Because mm. I always just hit that booty and run away. Why? <laughs> to, be, to be playful. Pretty much. Distraction. Try to distract from the, the whatever drama is being created. I try to divert it to something silly. Mm-hmm. So, well, no, that's understandable, though, because you don't want to deal with the drama because she's creating drama. Mm -hmm. you, you feel and sense that she's creating drama. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to avoid the drama, no, that, that's one way to do it. Yeah. I mean, but the question is, why is she trying to create drama? That's a good question. I don't mm -hmm. know why people do that. Mm-hmm. 
Why do people create drama? What is it they're looking for when they create drama? Is it just attention? attention? Yep. But it's negative attention, and you're not giving into it, so they're going to escalate that drama in a negative way. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what is it with a person that does that? Like, Why do they feel like negative drama is what's going to give them attention rather than something positive? Like, like say like somebody does something positive and you're always nice to them and thankful and grateful and yet that's still not enough. So then they start doing negative stuff and then you get angry at them for the negative stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just like, it, it just goes into this never ending cycle of, that's like, their like, problem. Like, of like, like being unappreciated. That's their problem, not yours. What could Why be- is it your problem? You're not doing anything wrong, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Not that I know if of. They, I mean, I mean, people. Some, some, some this person would say I'm doing something wrong. If if your partner is not communicating in an emotionally adult way, mm-hmm. like if she's creating drama in a negative way to get your attention, that's a toddler's behavior. That's what a five year old does when they want attention from mama. Mama, mama's not giving her positive attention, so she's going to take this pen and chuck it across the floor because she knows she's not supposed to do so, that. So, so let's right? say the five-year-old chucks the pen across the floor mm-hmm. and then blames you for it. Right. Like, that's what a toddler does. That's child. That's childish. You know, we're adults here. Grow the f up, will you? If you want attention from someone, you have to talk, sit your spouse down, and talk to them and say. Listen, um, I know that you've been really busy lately, but I feel like I need some some attention, you know? So, you know, maybe um, could we go out to a movie or maybe have some alone time or something? Could you carve out some time for me? But see, to do that, you have to be, the woman has to be emotionally mature. Mm-hmm. She has to know what her needs are and she has to be willing to be emotionally vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. That takes a very mature woman and a woman who knows herself. Why is it so hard for people to do that, you know? Because they're afraid to open their heart. But you can't be in I a mean, no, nobody's, nobody's ever going to say no to that. Like, if a woman said that to me, I could not say no to that. Well, in fact, I'd be like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's go. Yeah. And then you would know, wow, this is how she feels. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then you can respond whatever way you want to respond. And, you know, if, if you were unknowingly, you know, keeping yourself too busy, then you can change your schedule and, you know, that's how you, you get together. Right. But it takes mature communication, open, clear, open your heart, you know. Hmm. And mind you, I've been with that with both my ex-husbands. And <laughs> huh. Like, 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 and I think, like, like, that was a big problem with my relationship. Like, she, she thought I was being unattentive and stuff. Being, you know, I mean, I worked full time. I'm doing, you know, five to ten podcasts a week. And mm-hmm. plus other, you know, trying to take care of the house and the dogs and all this other stuff, you know. Well, every relationship has that. That's why you, you know, every Sunday morning or whatever. But, 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 but if, if, if she just talk. sat down and said, hey. You know, why don't you see if you can rearrange that podcast schedule so we can, uh, you know. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Right. You know. That's why, you know, the big thing in couples therapy, I don't do couples therapy. 
<laughs> Hell no. Oh God, no. But I just I just know this, you know, from the big thing in couples therapy is the first thing you gotta make sure these two people are communicating, listening to each other. So what you do is you so you have the man say what he what what he needs. So he'll say, uh, honey, I need you to have sex with me more, because that's always the thing, more mm-hmm. often, like four times a week. And then, and then you, the therapist says, could you be really specific? And the man says, okay, I need you to have sex with me uh, 10 times a week. Wow. <laughs> well, well, this guy's obviously still very young. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the therapist would say to the, to the wife, please repeat back to your husband what you heard him say and then she'll say i heard you say you want me to be a whore (laughs) 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 and then and then the therapist says back to the husband says to the husband is that the message you were trying to send to your wife and he'll say absolutely not (laughs) <laughs> see, see how the see how the message gets lost. Yeah, yeah. See? Like, like, like with me, my situation, it was weird. Like, my wife would try to talk to me, but when she would try to talk to me, I don't know. I perceived it as her voice went up like ten decibels higher than normal. So it was like it she was, wasn't. She was no, angry. She was yelling at me. Yeah. So no, you're gonna shut down. And that's, that's what I would do. Me. I'd be like, "Well, screw this! I'm, you know, I'm done." Yeah. Right. I don't want right. to be yelled at. You know, just right. Talk to. Of course me. not. You're not a child. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> when someone's angry, and I tell this to my female patients, when you're angry, you got to process and work out the anger. Like, write in your journal. Mm-hmm. And when you write in your journal, that's it. Like people say, "Oh, I got to write my journal." You got to write in your journal properly, though. The first words, I feel. I feel this. I feel that. I feel angry. You just keep writing until all those feelings Mm -hmm. come out and you're processing it and letting it go. So then after you do that, then you go to your person, whoever you're angry at. Once you calm down and you have your thoughts together and you know exactly what you want to say. So that's, you know, would have been good, you know, if your wife did that first, then she could come to you and talk to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her tone is down and then she'll talk to you in, you know, a nice tone of voice. Then in a nice tone of voice, your her message is going to get across and you're going to hear the message and let it in, you know, because then her energy is calm. Where her energy is all like, ah! You don't want that energy coming to you, so you're blocking it. Yeah, I can't. You don't even hear what she's saying. I can't do it. I'm too. Plus, I'm just too laid back of a person to begin with. For, right. For that, you know, I do right. block that off because it, you know, I'm just. I would me. too. Anybody would. Anybody would. You're not gonna yell. Nobody. You're not yelling at me. Ain't nobody yelling at me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, I would be afraid to yell at you. That's right. Because I'm always packing. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> but, I, but I'm pretty sure you won a few fights in high school. That's for sure. 
Um, you know, that's really funny because I only gotten one actual physical fist fight. And, and you I, won. And I won. Yeah. yeah. And everybody, but it was only one. And everybody feared you. But it's, that's it, why. Because like high school is kind of like prison. <laughs> you, you win and then everybody's afraid of you. But you know what happened? When I was in seventh and eighth grade, I got picked on so much. I used to walk home crying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, our house was right, right down the street. So I, I used to walk home crying. I got picked on so much because my hair was like so poofy and curly. The kids would be throwing spitballs. I'd have spitballs stuck in my hair. They used to make fun of me constantly. I'd come home crying every day. Did you ever meet my mom? You know my mom, right? I think I did, yeah. Yeah, she's got that thick Hungarian accent. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, she didn't give me any comfort. She's like, what are you crying about? What's going on? What's happening now? What happened? I'm like, it's been making fun of me because of my hair. She's like, oh, those stupid little freaking assholes. <laughs> she's listening right now, my mom, so. She does. We always tease her. <laughs> so. And that, I guess that experience, I was just so tired of it. So then I just got like this chip on my shoulder and I was just like, bring it on, bitches. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got tough after that. And you then had to. I think I had to, I had to, you know, but my, my, fr- my close friends knew that that's not really who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm really such a soft hearted. I'm like a crab. I'm just soft meat inside. It's a hard shell on the outside. <laughs> Even though actually, um, when I think of the crab, I think of the sign of cancer, but I'm a Pisces actually. And you know what's weird? I know and I remember that you're a Capricorn. It's amazing. Isn't that weird? That is weird. <gasps> I can't believe you remember that. I do. Wow. I do. Sometimes yeah. even I forget that. Isn't that strange? I have a weird memory. It's not like a photographic memory, but it's it's like a word memory. I remember words like, like I don't know. I just remember things about people. Wow, that's really <laughs> cool. I so, know. So, so what else do you do? You remember anything unusual from high school about anybody? Unusual, like or something that just sticks out. Uh, well, I remember Bobby Morris had a big crush on me. Oh, yeah. Huge. <laughs> huge crush huge, on me. Huge. I don't know if I should tell this story. You know what I am? Tell me, please. Good for my ego. One time, I think he came back. I don't know. He said he came back from your house, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted me to smell his fingers. No, we never messed around. Full <laughs> of shit. He lied. He, lying he lied. Yeah. Yep. I was jealous because he lied. Yeah. That motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All we ever did was make out. That's it. <laughs> Liar. That's so funny. Liar! I hope you're listening, Bobby. He's going to have to listen to this episode. He's going to be so mad. Better listen. Lying bastard. (laughs) Yep. 
the mm. truth will always come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody ever tells the truth in high school. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's why I never dated anybody in our high school. It was always outside the high school. Hillsboro? Um, I remember I dated uh, Brian Krzyzewski. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you friends with him now? I can't find him. I try to look for him. He's off the grid. Huh. Have you heard from him? No. You know, I've actually looked for him on Facebook. I have no idea what happened to him. He, I remember he he sold me like this cool-ass PV amp one time. Hmm. I remember he used to live up on the mountain. Yeah, and then he moved to Hillsborough with his mom. Yeah. Last time I saw him, I was like 21, I think. Yeah, some of these people just disappeared. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, they don't want to be found. Like I always wonder like what happened to Jim Carr. Oh my god. <laughs> like after high school, like me and him worked together at the same place. Oh. And then I moved and he just like vanished. Hmm. Like, I don't even know anybody who knows him. No. Like, I suspect that maybe, like, he used to always talk about, like, he was going to buy a cabin in, like, Maine somewhere in the middle of the woods. That's scary right there. Off grid. And, <laughs> and I'm so assuming, scary. I'm assuming that's what he did. Huh. Now, the only person I, I talked to from high school is, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's really, it's really just Beth Ann. I talked to her, yeah, like, once a month, see what's going on. I know somebody from high school who has a crush on you now. Do you want to wait till we're off air? Yeah, I'll tell you off air <laughs> who it is. <laughs> but yeah, I know somebody. <laughs> you have a secret admirer out there. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So uh, before we wrap it up, mm-hmm. where can my listeners find you? Oh, they can find me um, my website. <laughs> I have to look at it because I forget. www.docmaggie.com or you can email me at lotusguidance at gmail.com or you can call me at 302 228 6220. All right. Well, I will put all that in the notes of this episode. Thank you. So all my listeners can contact you for some therapy. Thank you so much, Gary. It's such a pleasure. I'm so grateful <laughs> to reconnect with you, honestly. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun. It was awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you it, for having me. It takes a little bit of, um, you have to be daring to be on this particular podcast. I mean, no, I, I'm fearless. I know you are. <laughs> You're like me. I don't feel fear either. <laughs> I may have felt it once. I don't know. I remember if I did. <laughs> you know, like I tell people like about crying. I say that I haven't cried since the day I was born. That was the only time I ever cried. It's when a doctor smacked my ass. <laughs> And with that, I'm going to play the outro. All right. 